When you get drunk at the bar, please don't drive in your car. You will endanger some other drivers. There. Hi everyone, I'm Damien. And I'm Jeremy. And... Together, Together, we we are are DJ Disney, Disney. taking you on an epic journey through Walt Disney Studios' animated classic feature films in chronological order. Mm -hmm. My name is Damien Matthews. I am a past and possibly future actor, Mm -hmm. a therapist in training, and I will be your host on this melodious march through Disney's classic films. I am totally tickled to be joined by the notorious... (gasps) The salacious <gasps> Jeremy Lipson. Yes. Jeremy is an amazingly talented musician, Stop. actor, singer, and songwriter, a shaper of the young minds of our future, a veritable MC of wine, an all-around entertainer, and of course, as always, a ham in the best possible sense. Jeremy, how are you this fine evening? Well, I'm Jewish, just to explain the ham thing, just to clarify for anyone listening. Um, I do not pay him to talk about me this way. I swear um, there should be a lot more compliments before the whole Damien introduction, just to let you know. But yes, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm just trying to follow the Blue Fairy's advice, Jeremy, and be unselfish. Did she say that? Honest, brave, and unselfish. Y'all, I'm going to be real with you. This movie was a ride, and I have a lot to say. (laughs) (laughs) Which movie could we be talking about? Well, it is... The second animated feature film from Walt Disney Pictures, Pinocchio. Last week we talked about the first ever animated feature film from Walt Disney Pictures, still to date the highest grossing animated film of all time, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you didn't tune into that podcast, I will explain briefly what we are doing here. We are watching all of Disney's classic animated films in -hmm. chronological order and recording podcasts about them immediately afterward and maybe drinking wine and maybe just a little wine just a tiny bit (laughs) can you literally hear the wine pouring on the podcast i swear it's wine not anything else that it might sound like right yes exactly i haven't been drinking at all i promise so jeremy our last podcast about uh, snow white there's a surprising amount of necrophilia talk yes i was was. not prepared for that Honestly, I well, I was slightly prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hopefully there will be less necrophilia in this uh, episode. Yeah, today. I can't promise that, but thanks for the hint. Um, hi, everybody. Yeah, so, um, guys, it, have you watched Pinocchio recently? Because <laughs> I haven't. Um, I think I haven't seen it for, like, since the first time I ever saw it, which I was a, a very young child. Um, this was a traumatizing ride. We are incredibly traumatized right we now. We really are, and... There were so many stupid or evil characters in this. And, oh my god. Do you guys remember the plot? Basically, this Pinocchio, who's this wooden thing, this wooden, very lovingly made by Geppetto. Uh, A puppet. A a puppet, thank you. A wooden puppet. He is not asked to be alive, but still, as soon as he is magically born, he is given a task to just, like know between right and wrong and when was he taught that oh in school you might ask well that's cool i hope he get you know i hope he gets accompanied there by a nice chaperone no he gets just told by geppetto his like really he should not be a parent let's be real um you'd think that geppetto would i don't know accompany his just born son to school 
no, he's like, okay, go, you'll be fine. Obviously, he's going to get, like, taken away by, like, these evil cat-wolf people. <laughs> by know. a random uh, fox and wolf. Yeah, and he's like, no, I should be going to school. But Blue Fairy's like, uh-uh, you didn't listen. And Pinocchio's like, um, excuse me. Also, the whole nose-growing thing, that was just one scene. Right, I know. That's, like, the biggest thing you remember from this movie. And yeah, then you go back and listen prominent. to it, and it's like, it's just one. Yeah. There's only one scene. I was actually quite surprised. Yeah, no, the plot of this movie is bananas. So after he gets mm-hmm. picked up by a wolf and a cat who live in a world of humans, but it's never explained why they are just a talking wolf and cat. It's and not, but else... I didn't mind it. Especially the cat. There is two cats in this film, and... One is clearly better than the other. Yeah. Uh, right, so he gets picked up by a wolf and cat, mm-hmm. joins the theater as Joins a the theater, which is not relatable to us at all. <laughs> no, yeah, we can't relate to that at all. No, not at all. Um, anyway, so that ends up being terrible because Stromboli, like, literally, as soon as he hears that he has a home and a father who cares about him, is like, well, psych, I'm going to lock you up in this cage, um, which is terrible. Anyway, he gets out of that with the Blue Fairy. Thanks, Blue Fairy. Um, and then enter Cat and Wolf thing again. Honest John, who is clearly not honest. After a... Uh shady meeting in the first red lobster tavern oh my god red lobster came from pinocchio did y'all know that? little known fact people mm-hmm. yep yeah then they have a uh yeah then they get together uh with this weird guy who's basically the devil i mean that's as Guys, far as i can tell oh my god this there's is, a lot of unanswered questions this is this truly movie. the most horrific thing i think <laughs> from what i remember in any single disney film is when innocent quote-unquote innocent children get literally turned into donkeys and then put into slavery like us like a they get sold to salt mines against their will and the circus and this is all being done by this one evil figure and a bunch of shadowy furry monsters <laughs> that we have no idea like, what where happening? they come from but it's terrible this like, is all oh happening on pleasure island where kids can smoke cigars and drink beer and do whatever they want but we don't know who's running pleasure island yeah, where does the, the magic come from it's very curious anyway and, you'd yeah. think the movie would be over there but no mm-hmm. no they get a letter informing them that geppetto's been swallowed by a whale oh, with, sure. without explaining how we kind of figured out that okay he went on a boat like okay that makes sense but it was just kind of you know glossed over a little bit there right he's swallowed by a whale but he's not dead yeah. he's living inside the belly of the whale sure. and he's like oh well we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna starve tonight and it's like so, oh my god you're in a whale wouldn't that be the highest of priorities like not like if you're eating like i'm just saying so pinocchio just throws himself off a cliff into the literally he ties a rock to himself (laughs) like what i don't remember this until now wow we've just been i mean this is a lot to take in this is a really complicated plot too right yeah so anyway that's pinocchio (laughs) glad we were able to clear everything up for you it was really good though but just traumatizing but uh but uh before we really get into things here um uh, it's become clear after our last pod, you know, I already spoke a little bit about the necrophilia and all that, mm. that we should probably have a content warning mm. in these podcasts. Um, if you haven't guessed already. <laughs> you know, we're talking about Disney films. These films are sacred to a lot of people. So if you feel your childhood will be ruined by hearing some adult content discussions about your favorite Disney films, uh, you may wish to proceed with caution. Yeah, you have been warned. You have been warned. (laughs) Also, just a brief note about the last podcast, which was Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, just a reminder. 
Um, I did some more research on some things regarding the actress Adriana Casalotti, who played Snow White. She was not technically blacklisted. I know I said that in the last episode. Um, it was kind of the norm amongst films back then that voice actors do not get credited. And it wasn't like, I didn't want to, um, it wasn't like she was put into like this contract that bound her from being into other animated films. It was just kind of the norm back in the day. I'm not saying it was right, but she wasn't technically blacklisted. So I just want to put that out there. <sighs> Our conscience is clear. I know. Oof. Well, <laughs> Jiminy Krieger. <laughs> um, well, so... The way this works, we're going to get into our categories, but before we do that, we have to share some lovely and entertaining facts that we've found with very limited and unprofessional internet research <laughs> about this film. Mm-hmm. The first one I want to share, so I just, I Google Pinocchio, you know, in the search bar. The first thing that comes up is Pinocchio 2022. I'm like, excuse me, what? I have so many thoughts on that. I clicked on it. Apparently, <gasps> there's going to be a 2022 live action film of Pinocchio. The cast has already been cast. Let me just read out a few of the names attached to this project. We mm-hmm. have Tom Hanks. Ever heard of him? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, well, he's pretty famous. Anyway, okay. he's playing Geppetto. Uh, Cynthia Revo, pretty dope. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> yep. I, I am no. I can't even imagine what mm-hmm. that's gonna look like. Keegan Michael Key, love him. He's mm-hmm. incredible. Lorraine Bracco. She's famous, I think. Sounds familiar. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) this is happening. I had no idea. Do you know that there's three Pinocchio adaptations for 2022? Right. There's one by Guillermo del Toro, Mm -hmm. which doesn't surprise me because this film is essentially a nightmare that could be created by Guillermo del Toro. Like, you know, the director of Pan's Labyrinth and Nightmare Alley and stuff like that. Honestly, though, this movie could have been a nightmare regarding, like, just starting from Pinocchio's birth. (laughs) Pinocchio could have been like, I'm alive! And, like, haunted Geppetto. Like, that could have been the start of it. But no, it went on to, like, more insane things. No, but have you heard of the third adaptation? I have not. Okay. You can't be serious. I have so, I have so many thoughts about this. First Surely of all, you it jest, looks like sir. animation from 2007. And it's the animated. voice, yes, and it's Polly Shore who's playing Pinocchio. And he's like, Dad, like, I just want to be on my own. Like, he sounds... Is it like a satire? No, it's legit. <laughs> as far as we know, this has gotten so many memes on the internet. And it just sounds very, um, well... You know, not heterosexual, and I am not heterosexual, so I can say that. Um, but like, literally, like, y- y'all look this up. Like, but dad, like, I just want to be on my own. And like, the I swear, I will show this to you after we film. This is record. But this fact, <laughs> anyways, led me to uh, something that I feel like we have to address on this podcast if we're going to be talking about Disney's animated classic films. I feel like we need to talk about the fact that they are being remade now as live-action films. That's the thing that's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And where do we stand on this, you know? So, and I should do more research on this, but I believe that Disney can kind of reclaim the rights because rights expire after a certain amount of years. Hmm. So they can reclaim the rights if they kind of do another thing about it again. So if they film another movie or make another movie. So that's why we're kind of seeing the resurgence of so many you think adaptations. It's about Disney maintaining their rights? That's, I an, that's an interesting interpretation. 
Well, I think that's what I read. I don't know if it's an interpretation. I think that's like legitimately the fact. Well, honestly, <laughs> there's no really conceivable artistic aesthetic merit reason for why these movies should exist. So it almost doesn't surprise me that that could be one of the reasons. I genuinely think that's the reason. And my personal opinion is that um, it doesn't take away from the original movie being you know, in existence. So it's not like, okay, the original's being taken off of Disney Plus. Here comes the remake. To me, it's like, okay, both are existing in this world. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't personally have an issue with it. Um, I don't really believe in the whole thing. Like, oh, they're gonna like ruin the first one. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't really, I think of it, okay, let's just see this other alternate adaptation. I've seen like maybe half of the new remakes. I really liked Aladdin. I have to say that was well done. Um, I liked Beauty and the Beast. I had certain issues with it. Um, I enjoyed The Lion King, but I thought there were it was an int- I thought there were a lot of interesting choices there that I would not have made. Let me ask you this though: Did you yeah. see any of them and think to yourself, like, okay, something in this was like adding to this story that justified it being made? Like, I watched this and like, oh, it you know it added something. It it had this sort of value. Mm-hmm. It brought something new to the table. I thought Aladdin was different enough where, yes, I thought Beauty and the Beast actually answered questions stemming from the original That's 90s movie. Yeah, they explained a few things like, why didn't anybody know that this castle was there? Like a few things like that. Um, the Lion King, no, I don't think so. I mean, they added like a few darker elements to the Scar plot, but I don't really think... And I loved, this isn't really an official remake, but I love what they did to Cruella and Maleficent. That was kind of more of like a villain origin story, though, rather than a remake. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen Lady and the Tramp. I haven't seen The Jungle Book. God, I forgot that that even happened. Yeah, I know. It all literally happened. They're making a Snow White one, though, um, talking about last week's. But obviously, yeah, Pinocchio's happening. Pinocchio's happening. Yeah, Mm -hmm. to me, they just... I don't know. I don't want to get bogged down in negativity here, but I feel like they <laughs> they just feel like such blatant money grabs. Oh, that too, for sure. Kind of not that they actually detract from the amazingness of the original, but are a little bit insulting in a way. Like, Ooh. well, just like the original was so good. I mean, Beauty and the Beast. It won Best Picture. It's an incredible film. It won Best Picture. Yeah, it won Best Animated Picture. I mean, okay, anime. Awesome. There you go. I was like, I don't think it won Best Um. Yeah. No. But still, it's like, you know, like, why do we need this? This The original was incredible. Anyway. I, I totally agree. That's cash cows for sure. That's my but old But will I complain about take. it being made? No. Probably not. Okay. Because I could just choose not to watch it. Well, we'll probably be talking more about these as we go along. I'm sure we will. But some other facts uh, that I came across. So this story, Pinocchio, is mm-hmm. based on a book. The Adventures of Pinocchio mm. by Carlo Calodi. Love him. Yeah, one of my favorite authors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is just a little blurb. In the book, Pinocchio is described as a cold, rude, ungrateful, inhuman brat that often <laughs> repels sympathy and only learns his lessons the hard way. Oh my god! All of these tales are just... Uh, and so in the movie, Jiminy Cricket is like the narrator and opens and closes the movie. Mm-hmm. In the book, he's a bit character that Pinocchio kills by stepping on, and then he returns to haunt Pinocchio as a ghost. What? Yeah. I did not know this. The book, if anything, as far as I can tell, is even darker than the film. That's typical in most books. And so I wonder if some of the 
just batshit traumatizing craziness that goes on in this film is due to the fact that they were following this incredible from the source d- material dark yeah. book. Jeez. Okay, a few other things that were fun. We noticed this when we started watching. Some Easter eggs in the opening shot. Yes! We zoom in on Jiminy sitting by some books, and we can see the titles of the books, the mm-hmm. spines, and they are Peter Pan mm-hmm. and Alice in Wonderland. Which, I mean, I don't know if they were intentional, because Alice in Wonderland was 1951, like almost 10 years later. And Peter, actually, Peter Pan was later, 1953, so that's like some deep Easter eggs, if intentional. I mean, you have to think, you know, you have to wonder if they had thought about these things even back then. I mean, it takes Maybe. a long time to make movies. They could be thinking about, you know, they could have a, a bucket of ideas that yeah. they're drawing Which from. Which one should we do next? I think also, though, those are probably just like well-known fairy tales in general back then, so it might not have been intentional Easter eggs, but it's still cool to discuss. Could have been unintentional. This was the first time an animated film cast celebrities as voice actors. Hmm? That's some research I came across. Oh. Which I think is interesting because, you know, that's now, that's just standard practice. You know, you get your your list of celebrities on the poster yeah. to sell the movie. And also comparison to Snow White where they casted virtual unknowns. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, Jiminy Cricket was an extremely famous singer at the time. Mm. I'm not saying any of their names because I just don't really know who they are. But Cliff I know they Edwards. were... <laughs> Cliff Edwards was Jiminy Cricket, and he yeah. enjoyed considerable popularity in the 1920s and early 1930s, specializing in jazzy renditions of pop standards and novelty tunes. Thank you very much. Oh, he he sang Singing in the Rain. Wait, what? In 1929, he had a number one hit. I don't know. I don't think he sang it in the film, but okay. he had a popularized version of that song. Continue, Damien. Well, he has a beautiful voice. He does. Um, the movie was considered groundbreaking in terms of special effects. Yeah, actually. It looks amazing. The it, water, all it really the water does. effects look great. They did some cool live action stuff with the carriages. The shot oh. of the carriage was actually a live action carriage that they filmed and then transposed onto cells and sort of animated or painted in, in a way. What are cells? You know, <laughs> Jeremy, they are these things. No, I'm not even going to try. I don't I know really human know. cells, but I don't think that's what talking about. That's, yeah, I don't know what they are. Cool. But well, good to know, though. They're called cells. <laughs> and they help you with animating things. Wonderful. But, you know, just these fun little things, like at the beginning of the film when we're in Jiminy's perspective and you see him hopping towards yeah, that the window. Cool. I bet people saw that and were like, whoa, mm-hmm. Disney, stop blowing my hair back. <laughs> Jesus. What's with these effects? <laughs> what about any fun facts that you found, Jamie? Um, I didn't really find any, I'll be truly honest with you. No, wow. I'm kidding. No, I just I'll have I'll be looking memories. for a new uh, host. Oh my Podcast God, I'm partner. So sorry. <laughs> no, uh, fun fact, um, I remember the ride at Disneyland. So this is another Disney movie that has a ride attributed to it at Disneyland. It's called Pinocchio's Daring Journey. Um, and the fr- it's Daring? Came, it was daring? It was incredibly daring, honestly. Now, I remember the first time I went to Disneyland, it was closed for refurbishment. It was mm. one of the few rides that was closed that I didn't get to experience initially. But then I got to experience it. And it actually, um, it has this effect with the Blue Fairy called the Pepper Ghost Effect, which basically acts as a hologram Whoa. towards the Blue Fairy suddenly appearing in front of your eyes um, in the middle of this dark ride, which is kind of cool. So it's also... Um, popularized in the Haunted Mansion by the Dancing Ghosts. I did get do that ride. That mm-hmm. was cool. You know the Haunted Mansion, of I course. Know the Haunted Mansion. So the Dancing Ghosts and like the dining room. Um, 
And yeah, that scene is the blue fairy that suddenly appears, so it's kind of cool. And there's a lot of wild rides in the Pinocchio's Daring Journey. You're like caught in a cage. <gasps> there's some cool stuff. So they should yeah. uh, they should just <laughs> recreate Pleasure Island somewhere on Disney <laughs> in Disneyland, and you can go and no because smash you'll turn into houses, a donkey. Remember that was cool. Actually, I would model like that. home there open was a for model destruction. Home house open for yeah, just like. Destroying the whole you just thing. can go and smash things. I was down for that, but everything else is terrible. Terrible. Well, why don't we uh, move into our categories? How does that sound? Yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. All right, first category: our origin story Ooh. with this Disney classic. So, this wait, is... I'm gonna say mine first because it's super short. Okay, and I'm so excited to hear yours. So I just okay. want to get mine over with. But I was super young, and I don't really remember watching it. But I remember watching it at some point. And then I forgot it, and that's all. So now I want to hear it. <laughs> so. Wow, I was riveted by that story. I know, it was very touching. <laughs> uh, this is sort of a theme for me, but I saw this as yeah, a young child, and uh, mostly what I remember is how scared I was. <laughs> Which, uh, if anything, when I saw it this most recent time, I was even more scared. Seriously. Because I was like, this is just a horror movie, mm-hmm. and it's traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's awful. But when I was a kid, I was really scared of Monstro. So... We covered, you know, last week with Snow White how I was scared of witches from seeing the queen turn into yeah. a witch. Jeez. My other big fear is deep sea monsters. And I think that probably started here. So when you say your other big fear, are those just like your two big fears, witches well, and sea monsters? Yeah, that and heights. That's pretty much. But I, <laughs> is that in the next film? No, <laughs> No, I was going to say, yeah, Disney is essentially responsible for all my main phobias, except for heights, I guess. So are you scared of like whales in particular now? I get uncomfortable with the idea of being in the water with extremely large animals of any kind. I know. Poor little Damien. I feel like Monstro, though, was like a misunderstood villain in this movie. I feel... (laughs) He is just trying to eat and survive, and he happens to eat whatever's in his way because that's what fish do, and stupid Geppetto searched the ocean when Pinocchio wasn't even there, which, like, he brought a cat, first of all, which does not belong, and a fish, which, like, does belong in the ocean, but not a pet fish, which is in a fishbowl, that's another whole other story. Anyways, so, Monstro literally gets a fire. Like, someone starts a fire in there. Pinocchio is actually really smart in this film. Um, it doesn't he deserve smart. all the flack. And they literally start a fire, which clearly would bother someone, right? Like, if someone started a fire in you, wouldn't you get upset? Inside my hollowed out insides that have no organs. Exactly. No (laughs) organs are present. It's just a hollowed out shell of a whale. And he goes a little berserk because he's literally smoking. Actually, all the fish get smoked out. Cleo gets smoked out. Yeah, there's, there's, we'll talk more about, we'll talk more about this, but this movie is full of vice, uh, smoking, drinking, um, mostly smoking. Anyways, Monstro is a misunderstood villain. Okay, that's the lesson to take away. And also, Monstro is the main villain in Phantasmic at Disneyland. Have you seen Phantasmic at Disneyland? No, it's like the water show on Tom Sawyer Island across from New Orleans Square. (laughs) Have you not seen it? I've been there, but I haven't seen Mission. It's it's a must-see. It's incredible. Mickey Mouse. It's... I can talk hours about it, but anyways. Okay, that's a whole other podcast. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a part two of my origin story with this. Oh my god, let's hear it. Which is even more um, salacious. <laughs> so, you watch a Disney film when you're a kid, obviously, mm-hmm. and it's the coolest thing ever. Yep. And you want to be like the characters in the film, so you want to imitate what they do, right? Yeah. 
right? Jeremy's like, I was like, do, do you? I, I don't know. Maybe not for this one, but yes. Anyway, so remember there's that shot of Jiminy when he first gets into the house and he's warming himself by the fire. He gets a little coal over and uh, turns around and starts warming his butt <laughs> against the coal. <laughs> and for some reason, um, even though he's animated as having pants, when I saw it as a kid, it just to me it seemed like he didn't have pants. Like it seemed like his he was naked. He was, he was you know honestly I seemed naked in this one. Right, he was Winnie the Poohing it. <clears throat> yeah, no, but I I checked specifically for this when we watched this time, mm. and uh, he had pants. Did you know Donald Duck was banned in Finland because he didn't wear pants? Wow, <laughs> true story. Pants Nazis over in Finland. Jeez. Whoa. Pantsies. <laughs> Sorry. Um, anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, I wanted to be just like the Jiminy Cricket. And so... Um, in that way? In that way. So <laughs> I went choice. out into the yard. Yes. And uh, found, <laughs> oh found a corner of the yard that felt uh, hidden to me, <laughs> like behind a tree. <laughs> oh my God, I don't know this. Because somehow I was old enough to know that this wasn't something you do in front of other people. Yeah. But anyway, I pulled down my pants. <laughs> I stuck my butt out toward the tree and I started warming it. As if the tree was that coal and I was warming my butt, just it's like Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> it's not even like a fire, though. <clears throat> That's such a strange thing to impersonate. And then my dad and my brother saw me. Oh, my God. And my dad was like, Damien, what are you doing? <laughs> and I was mortified, so I pulled up my pants and I ran indoors. And all oh. I remember as I ran past them was my dad being like, I don't know what he was doing. I think he was going poo out there. <laughs> How old were you? I think I was like six or something. I don't oh really know. Oh my god! <gasps> I oh my god! That's have you ever told your family that like you were thinking of Pinocchio? You know what? I probably never once brought it up with them again until this moment. And if they listen to this podcast, then this will be the first time they're. Hearing but how many people have you told about this in general? Maybe just you. <laughs> well, and the world now. <laughs> and the world. Oh now. my god! That's so amazing. Yeah. That was my uh, God, that's incredible moment as Jiminy Cricket. I thought you were like gonna impersonate his voice or like. For the record, Dad, if you're listening, I was not going poo. Now you know. I was just being Jiminy Cricket. God, that's amazing! Just in a random corner. Let's move on to our next category, mm-hmm. which is we just saw the film. Yeah. And what were our impressions seeing it this most recent time? I mean, I think we've kind we kind of covered that. Just traumatized. Trauma. Um, I feel like Pinocchio gets a lot of flack from this film like oh he messed up like he had to really prove himself to be like a real boy but like the characters he had to deal with were terrible and he really tried to do the right thing and he didn't like Jiminy Cricket was like no help he's like oh well I guess I guess he's fine he's gonna be an actor okay (laughs) he doesn't even think to check on him and it's like he just leaves him be god I don't know I just mm, they really Pinocchio deserved better Honestly. Jeremy was angry. Yeah, I was so pissed off. <laughs> Filled with righteous anger. Uh, yeah, you know, as I said, just trauma was the big impression that stood out. I mean, you know. Stupid. Children being turned into donkeys and mm-hmm. screaming for their mothers as oh they're my God. packed into cages to be sold to salt mines. Like, what? And then they're never hurt. This is, you know, okay. This is the first, I think, from what I can think of, the only Disney film that the villains really get away with everything. There's no, like, comeuppance for them. 
And it's all about Pinocchio, which, okay, I get it, so it's titled Pinocchio. <laughs> but, like, none of the kids ever get, they, they're just sold, oh my god. And also, okay, I couldn't get over this. The blue fairy writes a letter, right? She's like, oh, this'll work, I'll just send a letter and it'll be, Pinocchio can't read, he was just born, like, that day. Well, the blue fairy did appoint Jiminy to be Pinocchio's conscience. It was so not a good conscience. No, yeah. Everyone was bad at their job in this movie. He had some... Mm, yeah. It's a good point, though. Pinocchio literally got turned into a boy and immediately <laughs> is expected to, like, know how the world works and to be a moral person. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's just doing the best that he can. And Geppetto's no help either. He should have accompanied Pinocchio to school. <laughs> and none of this would have happened. Although we wouldn't have had a mo- movie ending. Right, right, right. Mm. What really stood out to me with this film uh, was just, like, how dark? I mean, we mm. are, we're talking about this already, but, like, as I said before, a lot of drinking, yep. a lot of smoking, yep. a lot of, well, we'll get into this later, but a lot of uh, uh, adult themes. Innuendo. In, yeah, in, insinuations. Also, Geppetto keeps a freaking gun underneath his pillow. Geppetto is not fit to be a father. No. No, his his stopwatch has a picture of beer glasses clinking. It's amazing. <laughs> he smokes in bed, mm-hmm. and he keeps a gun under his pillow. Like and he made a clock out of that depicts a child being spanked over and over. Yeah, I I think I read <laughs> like, it in the notes I took during the film. I just wrote corporal punishment clock. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Jeremy had to rewind the film to be like. Is this what we're seeing right now? There was several... No, there, honestly, there were several really nice, like, details that I was like, oh, I want to see that again. Yeah, the animation was great. Mm-hmm. We talked about how we felt like in these early films, in some ways, the animation is even more detailed and specific than in later films because it feels like they're they're trying so hard. They're like, and it really kind of takes its time with the detail. I mean, Damien brought up this moment where Figaro, the cat, is, like, crawling around on Geppetto's bed and leaps up to... The window and it's really like they're taking their time with this and it's pretty fascinating to watch whereas if a modern movie was being made by disney it would kind of just be like okay cat jumps up and does the thing right exactly It'd be like cat jumps to the window no big deal but you can just imagine you know at this stage they're like spending so much time with each moment being like how can we make this so realistic how like can we... every stroke has like purpose exactly yeah, yeah. drawing just... not sorry <clears throat> <clears throat> Sorry. Disney is uh, is good at their job. But yeah, uh, Geppetto probably needs to be a CPS case uh, opened against him. <laughs> oh my God, seriously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was like, I don't know if I know of another Disney film that is this much, where the th- central themes of the film are this much about like vice and yeah. criminality and the dark underbelly of the world i mean we'll get into it maybe when we talk about the moral but it's essentially a morality play it's, yeah it's a story yeah. about morality yeah and, and be maybe, careful yeah yeah and there are just awful people in this seriously movie it's terrible i mean stromboli is just don't say that name <laughs> i hate him that's disgusting that booty though no oh my god we'll get into that later <laughs> he could shake it wait mm, no it's kind of incredible that we've been showing this movie to kids since 1940 when it came out. Mm, yeah. So uh, this is, you know, we've been talking about this a little bit, but our next category is the cultural impact of this film on the present day over the years. I mean, I think, well, we, we just said there's literally three adaptations of Pinocchio. Now, I don't think that it would be 
this popular. I don't think this fairy tale would have remained so relevant without this movie. And I think the source material, I think, Pino- well, we talked about this in the last pod as well, but Pinocchio was already, I think, a figure from this yeah, novel. Yeah, like a known figure. From this novel that they adapted the story from. You know, when you go to certain regions in Italy, uh, which I have been to, <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, Pinocchio is everywhere, you know, and sold in, like, tourist shops, and it's not... Oh, it's, actually, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not the Disney hmm. version, it's just... It's a separate version that I think comes from the original text. I think also, I, and I, we touched on this before, but I really thought there was more of the fact that like he couldn't lie. I thought that was kind of a more prominent part of the film, but it was literally only in one scene, which right. maybe I remember more of that because of his appearance in Shrek, which was like classic fairy tale stuff, which that was more of an essential plot line, the fact that... Right, but you remember lie. his nose growing. Yeah. Like, that's such a... Th- indelible image that you take from this film that you always think of when you think of Pinocchio but it really is just this one like two minute scene where the fairy shows up I think you said that word last podcast indelible indelible is that what you said I don't know the word I don't say the word I just recycle the same words I love it but Fantasmic okay back to Fantasmic which is (laughs) because it's one of the most iconic Disneyland things it really is even though Damien doesn't really remember that well but it's fine Um, it features Monster of the Whales so I mean there's Get not a lot of, of like classic like you know nineteen forties fifties films appearing in that, but the villain from Pinocchio does. So that's kind of cool that it has maintained this legacy, if you will. All right, Disneyland. Let's I love get... Disneyland. <laughs> Jeremy loves Disneyland. Let's get to the category we're really here for. Come My on. favorite category, the best category. Yes. The only question worth asking: <laughs> How horny is this movie? Guys, this movie is so horny. This movie like, is so fucking I horny. I don't remember how horny it was. <laughs> Literally every single character is trying to get with like every single character. It 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 is insane. Like I was not prepared, really. I you, was I was kind of prepared to be like, yeah, I remember there's like a few little innuendos maybe here and there, but yeah. it's it's enough to where you can say that it is a theme. It is like a through line of the film. Like, if, if this is... if Okay, if you guys are, like, ever doing a podcast about Disney and you have as a category how horny is this movie and you're kind of watching out for that, you will be like, oh, my God, there's, like, so many moments. And I think to kind of start this category off, you should answer the subcategory question, Damien, which is, who would you get with in the film? You're going to make me say it, aren't you? Only if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not ashamed to say it. I found myself uh, very <clears throat> uh, won over by a certain <laughs> character in this film. Her name is Cleo. She is a goldfish. Oh, is she a goldfish? <laughs> a very, like, yeah. She is Geppetto's goldfish. Uh-huh. To be fair, this this goes into our earlier point, though. That it's a very sexualized fish. And, yeah, the fish, the fish is, like, got these crazy luscious lips and <laughs> eyes with, like, the lashes, and it's, like... Very sexualized in her mannerisms. Like, the way legitimately. She looks, she's trying to kiss the cat. Geppetto's trying to make them kiss, which is yeah. like, who knows what weird kinky she stuff She tries to get with Figaro. For him. She tries to get with Pinocchio. Like, literally, Cleo is like, I am here for you, and I want attention. Which, like, relatable, right? But, you know. And then there's so many, like, really everything Geppetto owns is horny. Like, all the clocks are like, mmm. And Jiminy Cricket is horny. Jiminy Try- Cricket uh, has this pattern of, like, being horny for puppets, which I don't know if that's, uh, maybe because they're his size. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
no, there's the puppets in Geppetto's workshop. There's the puppets at the theater show with yeah with um they're all trying to get with pinocchio pinocchio and he's watching from like a lamppost and is like whoa look at those puppets yeah there's just a lot in this film you guys which to be fair uh, i mean talk about horniness that whole show is just pinocchio dancing and then women from all these different countries showing up trying to get with like him. flipping their skirts around using the me. fact that he has no strings as like a ooh that's something i want to get with because i have strings but if i had no strings i would like put my arms around you because like there's strings but if there weren't strings like mm. you see their bloomers <laughs> yes you do you see bloomers in this movie Jamie. and also there's a lot of ass action in this well literally because the donkeys <laughs> i didn't even that was intentional <laughs> <laughs> good one Jeremy. Result, thank you i really was intentional but there was a lot of butt in this film with jiminy as previously stated by Damien. Right, warming his butt. <laughs> yeah. With Stromboli, there's just, like, a random, like, butt motion that lasts for, like, ten seconds, oddly enough. Yeah. In front of Pinocchio. Very odd. <laughs> but anyway, Cleo, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Damien's really into she, the fish. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I, uh, I got a little turned on. Oh, you didn't lie. You were very... That cool moment where it. she's uh, sleeping and the bubbles are going in and out of her. Yeah, Damien like the lips. bubbles. I don't know. Which the bubbles like... didn't hit the surface, so she's just like rebreathing the same air. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> well, what? Okay, what about you, Jeremy? Who would you get with in this film? I genuinely like. There's literally nobody I would get with in this film, wow. which is shocking for me. Dodging the answer. No, but I really like. I would. I would rather do many terrible things than get with the people in this film. There's just no answer. I would have to say figure out the cat just to like hang with the cat. Not to like get with the cat, but I just, you know, I love the kitty cat. It's so adorable. <laughs> yes, Jeremy would love it. It was so figure cute. Figaro, Figaro, Figaro. It's so adorable. But I was like, everyone in this movie sucks except the cat. Not the villain cat, which I don't remember his name. And Cleo. Yeah, Cleo's cool, but I mean, Cleo's like... She's a little slutty, but... I'm a kind of like Cleo, though, <laughs> to be honest. I was like, I'm Cleo, and Figaro's like my my little homie. Yeah, she wants attention. So. <clears throat> yeah, that's me. So, um... Our next category is, you know, are there any problematic aspects oh to this film? Which, I mean, I guess you could say, well, you know, apart from me talking about being attracted to a fish, which is problematic in that's itself. That's something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, but the whole point of the film is, like, these are things that you're supposed to not, you know, enjoy. Like, it's the whole thing with with Damien and, and Vice is what he was talking about before. I mean, it goes with the whole moral of this yeah. movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I don't know if there's, like, problematic, like, you know, this shouldn't be shown at this time. It's just, it's just kind of severe for a young child looking at it in, with contemporary eyes, I think. It's a very moral story, very kind of preaching, you know, the blue fairy shows up and she's blonde and blue eyed and just, you know, saying, hey, Pinocchio, Pure kind of visual. I know you just got born in this second, but you know, you got to be brave and honest and unselfish yeah. and, some, and maybe I'll make you a real person. Maybe you can be real. And then, you know, I put in the notes here a question about Italian stereotypes. You know, one of the mm. big villains, Stromboli, is doing this very exaggerated Italian accent yeah. and he's got the kind of hairy visage and is a little bit of a caricature. Although there was no Italian food, which I think can be sometimes the biggest Italian stereotype of all. Right. Like pizza, pasta, like that whole stereotype. That was actually not present in this film. There was actually, even more traumatizing, like the only food in this film was like fish which they almost fed to cleo the fish but they literally inserted like 
a slice of birthday cake, which did not, like, decompose in the water. Yeah, that was... In a film that you listened to the plot at the beginning and heard how baffling it was, the most baffling thing is still him trying to feed a slice of cake to his goldfish, (laughs) just dangling it into her bowl. (laughs) It's just floating there. Yeah. And then he's like, don't eat anything until, until I found Pinocchio. And then the, like, it's just, like, hot fish. Like, it's literally heated up out of the oven or whatever they have back then. And Figaro's, like, very relatably, like, about to dig in. And he's like, no. And then Cleo's like, okay, I'll just wait for this cake. And then, poor Figaro, I just felt bad for Figaro. I'm like, Figaro deserves better. Yeah, Jeremy had a lot of sympathy for Figaro. Not being being able to eat the fish, you know. It was was sad. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to our next category here, which is a great one for this film. Yes. Are there, well, are there? Let's be real, there Mm -hmm. are. But what bangers are there in this film? What amazing songs? Oh my God, When You Wish Upon a Star is like the theme of this film. And it really goes kind of a a callback to Snow White, if you will, about believing in yourself and following your dreams when you wish upon a star. Hey. It's a legit, like, good song. Just like on yeah. its own, just it is a Disney classic. Beautiful, song. like it's it's emotional. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's got good lyrics. And Sync a- covered it, by the way, an acapella rendition on the Disney Mania compilation site. <laughs> that was a fact I did not know. Mm-hmm. But another fun fact is that it is part of the Disney Studios logo that shows up at yep. the beginning of a film when you get the castle mm-hmm. and the star going over it, and it's like. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. The whole Disney thing. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a lot of artists that have covered this as well. Etta James, Mary J. Blige, Barbara Streisand, uh, NSYNC, like I said, Take Six. A lot of options. A lot of Ooh, options. gotta love the song uh, Actor's Life. <laughs> An actor's life. That's a banger. I've got no strings. I got no strings. Oh, also, wait, going back to An Actor's Life for me, what song did you say it sounded like? Oh, well, I thought it sounded like A Pirate's Life for me. I mean, the lyrics are similar. An actor's life for me. And then, oh, oh, A Pirate's Life for me. It actually is kind of the same melody, which I never thought about before. Disney, lazy, just rehashing old songs. But I love On that point, though, in case we didn't cover it enough going over the plot of this movie, let me just reiterate that Pinocchio runs into a wolf and a cat strolling down the street. Or a fox? I mean, I don't know what he is. I think he's a fox. Uh... Honest John is his name. Which is ironic because he's very dishonest. Yeah. And and they sing this whole song about... They get Pinocchio to skip school by saying, you need to take the easy road through life, which is becoming an actor on the stage. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just find that so funny. That they're just... They just convince him that being an actor is the easy way to go. And uh, they sing a whole song about it. Which, you know, we, well, clearly, if you know me and Damien, we've never done theater, especially not together. We've never done that. Um, But yeah, we've had very, very successful, famous and rich careers with theater. And also the fact that, you know, acting in this case is so clearly associated with vice and sin. Although the the Mm -hmm. non-straight and narrow path that Pinocchio is not supposed to go on. You know, he's he's straying from the path when he's taking to the stage. Yeah. I think that was, that could have been a lesson about contracts, because there's a lot of terrible contracts (laughs) within, like, just the, you know, film and theater industries that they really do lead you down the wrong path if you're not reading everything correctly. All these people involved in the film industry making this movie being like, people need to know. Yeah. People need to know about contracts. Absolutely. 
Um, but there's a lot of great songs. Uh, I've got no strings. Oh, about that song, fun fact is that uh, they did a rendition of that song in uh, Marvel's Age of Ultron film. Avengers? Avengers Age of Ultron. So when does that happen? So I think it's not actually in the film, but it's in the preview. There's this really creepy rendition of the song that they play when it shows Ultron coming to life, who's... If anyone, mm. if anyone's been living under a rock and not seen Avengers: Age of Ultron, I like, hadn't seen any of the Avengers films <laughs> until the pandemic. Just to let everybody know. Wow. Okay, Jeremy. Yeah. But uh, he's an evil robot, so they kind of play with this idea of, you know, he's decoupled from his programming, mm-hmm. as in he's got no strings. Yeah. So they play that song, and it's like, there are no strings on me. I think so. I think he kind of sang it, or yeah, at least he quoted the song. Right. In the film. He quoted it. He quoted yeah. it, and then in, in the preview, there's a fun, creepy rendition of it. That you that goes back to. to cultural relevance, by the way. There you go. Mm-hmm. Still impacting the culture to this day. Yep. Well, I'm going to quickly go into our next category, because I was just talking about Honest John, and our next category is Best Character in the Film, and I'm going to say Honest John. Really? Why? I just love how random he is. That's why I'm choosing him. It's like, there's this world of people... Randomly, there's a wolf walking around with his cat sidekick yeah. and just getting into trouble. It's like, he's so random. He is random. He's also a bit of a pedophile, so I'm, that's why I'm not going to say... Not to piss on your answer for this question, but that's the reason why I'm not saying him. Um, definitely Figaro. Figaro, hands down. Okay? Figaro is the best thing in this movie. I love Figaro. He did not deserve to be swallowed by a whale and brought upon Geppetto by on a boat. Like, it's a cat. Stop it. And uh, you had that idea that this should birth possibly a new category or a new... A category? <laughs> I get it. It's cats. Yeah, a category. Good did you one. need that? Good one, Jeremy. <laughs> no, it was unintentional. Um, but yeah. uh, you pointed out, rightly so, that there are a lot of cats there in There's so many cats in Disney films, and we should rank them all. Everybody should, no, just me, should rank them all. <laughs> and so we have two now. We have the villain cat, which is like this random sidekick character that I don't think is really evil. He's just dumb, right? So there's him, and then there's Figaro, who is clearly number one in this situation. And then, does the other guy have a name? What is... I don't even remember if he has a name. He's no. kind of... Oh, a... he's Gideon. Giddy. Gideon. Gideon the cat. He's very giddy. So he's number two right now. He's honestly. kind of a copy of Dopey from Snow White. Like, he has the, bit, loose, yeah. the loose clothes, and he's just, you Which know... Which kind of is still a running theme in Disney films, I think, up to this day. Like, there's so. He He, or whatever his name is, from Moana, the, the dumb chicken. Right. It's kind of basically Dopey. Right? Dopey really inspired this whole comedic, bumbling sidekick thing. Dopey was the origin. So uh, that can be your little corner, uh, ranking all the cats, Jeremy. Category. Oh, that's great. Jeremy's category. That's so good. (laughs) Unintentional. Oh, what have we done? (laughs) So the next, uh, I can't even say category anymore. (laughs) Our next topic question is uh, who would each of us play in a live action rendition of this film? Listen, there's three coming out in this year alone. Oh my Probably going to be a long time before another one gets made. But yeah, you don't know. Maybe we've been cast in some of them. Maybe. Well, if it was like the Polly Shore version, like the gay Pinocchio, I'd definitely be Pinocchio. Um, I was thinking, yeah, even without <laughs> knowing about that, I was thinking you would make a good Pinocchio. The father. I want to be on my own. <laughs> like, seriously, guys, look this up. It's insane. Um, I feel like you would make a good Geppetto. Oh, I like that. Like thank a fatherly you. kind of figure. Oh, thanks. Um... I think you'd make a good honest John, just talking about your passion for the character. <laughs> Love the guy. 
And um, I don't know who I'd want to be. I don't know if I could really play Figaro. I mean, I think a cat should play that. I don't know. Oh, you know what? I'd like to be Jiminy. Jiminy Cricket. You would be a good Jiminy. Yeah, I think so. You would be a great Jiminy. Um, which characters would survive the Hunger Games? <laughs> that's oh our no, that's our next no section. Idea. Maybe Monstro? Like, I don't know. If the Hunger Games took place in the ocean, then well, Monstro. Sure. He's humongous. Sure. Anybody else? Um, what about the weird guy who can summon shady minions to his bidding and the pleasure island yeah captures all the children no i you know what i wish he was in the hunger game because then he would get tortured and stabbed and everything because he deserves that i still can't get over just how much is unanswered about pleasure island and that guy like i wonder if the novel offers up any answers i don't know i'm really curious also it's really weird because the way it's presented it's like it's brand new all these rides are working and then just by the end of one night everything is demolished so I'm like, does this get, like, refurbished every day? Or, like, was this just, like, the brand opening? Like, I'm just very curious. There's a lot of questions, people. Yeah. A lot of questions. Mm. Um, who do well, you think would survive the Hunger Games? Who would I... Th- uh, Maybe the Blue Fairy. Well, I said the, the, the evil guy who has the minions. Yeah, but would the Blue Fairy survive? That's true. If she gets in trouble, she She'd could... be like, sorry, y'all, I gotta go back to my she'd, star. She'd turn back into a star. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, let's, let's power rank... The two films that we've seen. We have more than Ooh, one now. We, we can do. actually rank them. They're so different, <gasps> though. Wow. I ha- Okay, you go first. Okay. Yeah, this is a hard one. I think... You know what? This is hard. Yeah, because Snow White has this really classic quality. It gives birth yeah. to so many things. But I think if I let that have too much bearing on my thinking, I'll just end up putting it higher than I probably want to so yeah. i think i need to just take each film on their own and think how i feel about them mm. and if i'm doing that i f- probably would put pinocchio above mm. snow white because it's just a little more interesting i mean i think i i really feel like this film is in a category of its own in the pantheon of it's Disney very unique films yeah it's and it's such a switch up from snow white i think there's just so much that I think, I mean, I don't know because I wasn't there, but I really think the main thing they were thinking of is just to to be bigger, to make it more and to right. be more, um, to stray a bit from just like the classic Snow White princess thing and to make it a little more of like an adventurous right. um, blockbuster kind of thing. This is, yeah, it has that feel, you know, yeah. let's have monster whales and go under the sea and yeah, go just to a lot more happens mysterious and it's island. But that being said, and I think if I'm ranking it on, like, you know, just, like, uniqueness and everything, but I think if I'm just, like, on pure enjoyment and just, like, what stays with me, I think I'm going to put Snow White first. All right. Wow. We already differ. This is good. I know. This is good content. So now, do we continue, like, our own rankings, or do we have do we have to do, like, the same ranking? Are we just doing our own personal rankings? I think we have our own rankings. I guess so. It's, it already started. I know. We're already differing. Oh, my God. Plus, plus this film has Cleo, and Cleo's hot, so that's part yeah. of, part of yeah, why I Yeah, you know what? It. There's no one who I would get with in this film, so that clearly takes precedence for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about this as we were just talking, though. How much trauma is in this film? So much. I mean, that's 
part it's it's a horror movie not just because of some of the classic horror elements you know like like the music going and then turning into donkeys and, how did the music go i'm sorry say it again. okay thank you yeah thank you um but uh also just how much trauma is in it and thinking about some of the movies we have coming up which we'll get into towards mm. the end of this pod mm-hmm. i'm starting to wonder if disney was in a, like a trauma age i think the world was in a trauma well, age. right <laughs> i mean we haven't even thought about like talked about the backdrop of war yeah to this time but i think kind of going into our well our next category really which is you know sharing like kind of what moral or lesson we're taking from the film i really think that a lot of what was happening in the world was like don't disobey your parents. Like, don't do the wrong thing. Don't skip school. Don't be bad. That's really what you kind of take away from this film. Like, don't do any of these terrible things. Don't lie. Or else you're going to end up like a donkey being sold to, like, a salt mine. Yeah, they really uh, hammer you in the face with the point of, like, <laughs> part of, you know, they make it so dramatizing to yeah. make sure that the kids understand. Don't drink. Don't smoke. Don't do anything pleasurable yeah don't go to pleasure island no pleasure is sinful it really is boys and girls and if there's anything you take from this pod it's that pleasure is a sin oh god (laughs) oh no um well the other moral lesson is um always have a good contract if you're gonna go into the theater yeah that too and also listen to your conscience except when he's taking a break and be like he's probably fine Maybe uh, conduct an interview and look at like a resume for your conscience. Because I, yeah. you know, I feel like Jiminy was just kind of there and he was like, I'll be your conscience. He was literally wanting to warm his ass by a fire. Like that's all he was looking for. And then Blue Fairy or whatever is like, yo, you're here. Like, let's just like make you a conscience. But she still knew enough to be like, you don't deserve a badge yet. That gets done at the end of the film. He gets his badge at the end of the film, which kind of calls back to some uh, tropes from, you know, films like It's a Wonderful Life, where he gets his wings mm-hmm. at the end, and just yeah. that kind of, that character. Who's... Although, I'm sorry, like, I don't really care. Like, the badge was like 18 karat gold. I'd sell that thing right away. I really think <laughs> the next little boy that Jiminy is a conscience for is gonna have a much better go of it. Could you he's... imagine if there was, like, a Pinocchio 2, and he was like... <sighs> the conscience for like another little boy right the through line is is jiminy he's just moving from child to child guiding them uh towards morality also do you guys think jiminy like isn't that an expression like jiminy like was that made from this film Hmm. nobody knows jamie until i google search it after don't even search it nobody knows nobody knows until i google it it's a mystery nope no nobody knows (laughs) um yeah I, i don't really know the film is so heavy-handed with its morality that it's hard to... I mean, that's the lesson. You said it. Be, yeah. be good. You you know, be good or you'll be turned into a donkey. Also, accompany your children to school, you idiot. Right. That's stupid. Like, oh, okay, you were just born, but I'm sure you know the way. Like, really? That was the lesson we discovered. For real? And someone eats his apple for the teacher. That's terrible. Who eats his apple? The fox guy. The, your favorite character. <laughs> honest like, John? Yeah. He wouldn't do that. Oh, that's a lie. He's Honest John. Uh, no, that's a sarcasm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Irony. Oh, Honest John. Pinocchio lying. Hmm. hmm. Is that a connection? I don't know. Hey, what's our next film, Damien? All right. So before we talk about which film we're going to be doing next, we have yeah. to kind of address... Um... <clears throat> so at the beginning, <laughs> in our first pod... I made a very bold statement. Did you? Which is that we would be going through every single animated 
feature classic film from mm-hmm. Walt Disney yes. in chronological order, starting from the beginning. And uh, we're two films in, and already I feel the need to uh, provide a caveat to that statement. Please do. And I want everyone to pay close attention to the word classic. Yes. Because that is our loophole. <laughs> um, because the next film, well, okay, this is where it gets complex. Because our next film would be Fantasia, which is a classic film in a sense. It's a great film. But it's not a... Y'all, we're going to skip it. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> like, sorry, everybody. But it's a great film. And I'm probably actually going to watch it before I meet up with Damien again to watch the next film. But I don't think we can do, like, a whole podcast about it. Like It doesn't quite fit with the categories in the same no way. There's literally no script. <laughs> there's no script. It's a different type of film. It's not a traditional musical with mm-hmm. a sort of story in the sense. So it's a great film. We love and appreciate Fantasia. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do it. So, and then the film after Fantasia is a film called The Reluctant Dragon. Except, no, that is just talking about Disney theatrical animated feature films. Mm. And technically we're focusing on anything released by Walt Disney Animation Studios. I see. Which technically The Reluctant Dragon does not fall under. Okay. So the next film is actually Dumbo. Whew. Yeah. So we've got, I think we've... It's been a long time since I've seen that film, but from everything I've heard, uh, I think we've got more trauma coming our way. I think we also have more problematic aspects as well. Oh, okay. I think we have our... Uh, we we kind of have some racism aspects that we're going to have to deal with. Oh, that'll be, yeah. that'll be interesting. But I think regarding films that we're probably going to skip, we're probably going to skip Fantasia... We're, we're going to skip Fantasia, and then Fantasia 2000. And then there's films like... Saludos Amigos. The Three Caballeros, Make you know, Mine Music, Fun these... and Fantasy Free Melody Time, which again, I have, have you ever seen any of those? I haven't seen them. Song of the South. I haven't either. It would almost be fun. Song of the South doesn't count. That's not yeah. what I'm talking about. It. it would almost be fun, I think, to go through and watch them and talk about them. But the reality is we have so many films to get through. I'm desperate to get to the There's ones... There's 60 of them. I'm desperate to get to the ones I really care about. In the 90s, yeah. Yeah. And um, we just... We, I'm sorry. We have to skip some. Yeah. We have to keep sorry, to the... Everybody. Sorry for the controversial aspect. We'll probably, we're probably going to skip seven if we do those five plus the Fantasias. Seven in a row? Five in a row. Right. And then... Oh, I'm sure there'll be some more later that we will have to debate. It'll get... It'll Which get, ones would you choose? It'll get blurry. I mean, there's the, the whatever, the Black Cauldron. No, Black Cauldron's amazing. Sword in the Stone. Sword in the Stone. No, I saw that for the first time. Wait, but we can't... We were in Camelot together. I know, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> we should maybe just cop to this right now Wait, what, which how do you is guys that feel? this is going to be yeah. very subjective at I, the end of the day it's kind of going to be which ones we want to do yeah <laughs> but it also is about our audience which ones do you want to hear us talking about for example do you want to hear us talking about Enchanted or Mary Poppins which are partially animated films released by Disney or maybe you'd want to hear us talking about Anastasia or Prince of Egypt which are not at all Disney but should be Disney and are actually DreamWorks in the 90s which are great films. Do you want to hear us talking about it? I don't know. Let us I know. Mean, okay. I mean, I want to do those. Right? I almost don't care what people say. Yeah. Especially because... We don't care. We're, yeah. We know our worth. We don't... I don't... I don't feel pressured by our massive yeah, audience. Yeah, we're individuals. Our huge following. We have so much. People. So many people. Even though we haven't released something yet. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> anyway, so uh, that's going to be our next one, Dumbo. Yeah. Did we figure out a way to end our podcast, by the way? I kind of liked how we ended it the last time. We just did, did the we same. We did the same thing that we did at the. Oh weekend. yes, we did. And then you did a little note, but you don't have to do that this time. I don't even remember. You did a little there was one. I can do that again. 
No, you don't have to. I'll, I'll see we're what gonna I have, do. Because we're going to have a blooper. It's going to be great. I'm Damien. And I'm Jeremy. And, and together, together we are DJ Disney. When you get drunk... Where'd it go? Well, I have to... Be oh, to sorry. Well... <laughs>